Savitri Amba of the Vedic Healing Center and the American Reiki Academy. I'm a Reiki master of the last 33 years and a Vedic healing master of the last 25 years. I'm also a feng shui teacher and a spiritual life coach. In this show, we cover topics related to metaphysics, Reiki, Vedic healing, feng shui, based upon my studies and practices in these disciplines. The aim of these shows is to help you create a successful spiritual practice that enhances your happiness, well-being, and productivity so that you may become the best version of you. Welcome again, and today I would like to talk about a topic that is dear to my heart. It's something I've struggled with, and it's something that I hear a lot of women struggling with, and the topic is overwhelm. If you're laughing, and I'm laughing a little bit inside as I say that, it's such a familiar energy, and it is very easy to get into this space of overwhelm. But As we move onto our spiritual paths, we find that the overwhelm drops away. So today I'd like to talk about that notion of overwhelm, kind of why we we get that or we get into it or we feel it and how to move out of it. So one of the reasons this idea which is it's more than an idea it's it's a a very real condition feeling overwhelmed one reason this occurs is that the pace of the world is so fast and when we are sensitive to energies it's like information overload sometimes so when you walk out of your house you are confronted with many, many energies. And of course, we have to have the ability to synthesize what's coming towards us and to also block in a nice way by guarding our energy fields, block what is permitted to enter the field. So you have an energy field around your body. It's not just your physical body. There's a space, a real space around your body called your energy field. And it is your choice what you will allow into that field. The pace of the world is very fast at times. And this is why it's important to retreat to our own homes, of course, which can provide and and be sanctuaries for us. 
and also to move into nature more, to get out of that frenetic energy. I was thinking about the spiritual ashrams that I've spent time in, and I was thinking that the pace at an ashram is slow, but there's actually a lot of work being done. So there's still activity. If you think about this as an ashram might house a few thousand people, hundreds of people, certainly. It depends which ashram you go to. And so many things need to get done within that space. Therefore, there is a lot of work going on, but the pace, the pace is slower because everything is influenced by the energy that has been created, the spiritual energy that has been churned up and created and lives in that, in that space. So the material world around us asks for more constantly, more activity, more frenetic pace, more consumption, more everything. But I would like to say, as a spiritual practitioner, do not give in to the outside world, letting it determine who you are, how you act, what you choose to do. It is your spiritual practice that will determine your beingness in the world. And therefore, you make your choices very deliberately, what you will and will not allow into your energy field. So if the material world is asking for more, the internal world asks for less. It actually asks for nothing. It waits for us to connect. It is not demanding. It is not harsh in any way. It is simply waiting for us to connect. And so as spiritual seekers, we try to empty ourselves so that we are in a receptive space to hear, to be inspired, to be guided by the divine. We go beyond the mind. We move into deep introspection. And this occurs beyond the intellect. The mind is really fraught with challenges, with thoughts. Again, it's called the monkey mind for a reason because the thoughts move. They jump from one thought to another. But meditation occurs on a level that bypasses the mind. And this is a very beautiful space to get to. It occurs, this space occurs in our being through 
the daily spiritual practice that we're working on and that I've discussed in these podcasts called your sadhana. So you will accomplish more of what you are here to do if you slow down and claim this time of great introspection. In the last podcast, I talked about claiming this time three times a day to coincide with the energies of creation, sustenance, destruction, personified as Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. So think about this, of how much more you can accomplish if you do not start your day on the run, but also you do not start your day sluggishly. Instead, you're going to start your day consciously. In the West, many people start the day, and the only way they can start the day is with coffee, waking up the system. But you can wake up your system in a very gentle and profound way through your spiritual practice, where you will not need the stimulant of caffeine to move into your day. Now, of course, this has to do with getting the body in balance, getting the sleep schedule in balance so that you're able to get up early and do your practice without sitting there and falling asleep. So you don't want to be meditating and nodding off. That means you haven't gotten enough sleep. And therefore, it's a practice of getting the body in balance so that you can move into your sadhana. And that sadhana is going to be your coffee for the day. But it's not going to be a frenetic kind of energy or a... A, a speedy kind of energy where, where caffeine might, might do that to the energy field. Instead, the sadhana is going to be a very deep, very distinct, very profound, very energetic also creation that will, again, fuel your day. I've talked about the sadhana as being kind of the gasoline for your system. There are yogis in India, and I've met some of them, who exist on very little to no food. There are universities who have studied these yogis asking how can they exist like this we had the good fortune many years ago of sponsoring at the vedic healing center a teacher named milk baba from uh, he's originally from nepal and he existed for many years on 
just milk, one, I think one cup of milk a day. What this means is a being like that is getting so much energy, so much fuel from his spiritual practice, so much prana, so much life force energy that he is not in need of food to fuel the body. There are people you may have heard of who are called breatharians, who simply exist on very little food also and utilize the breath for energy. Uh, People who use the sun as their energy source. So your sadhana is going to fuel and inspire your day, your activities, your creations, your divine output into the world. So you're getting energy from the morning practice that is filling your being and that will spill over as you then create in the world. We get to a point where this sadhana, and I've said this before, is so important that you would not think about starting your day without it. You might skip other things. You might even sometimes skip your morning walk or your morning exercise, although we try not to, (laughs) but, uh, you know, certain things you might do away with and you may say, I don't have time today uh, if you've gotten out of balance or you've stayed up a little too late, in other words, but you would never think about skipping your sadhana. That is how important it is. And I'm not saying that physical exercise is not important because that, 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 of course, is part of keeping the body healthy. But this energy from the sadhana becomes so immense and so tangible that we don't even consider it an option to skip that time. Again, the practice becomes more grounded in the system with time, with repetition, with consistency, with the proper methods, with the proper techniques. So I urge you to do the sadhana, do it regularly, Give it time, give it space to work in your being. Investigate, ask to be shown, ask questions about how you can increase this practice, how you can make it more secure, more firm in your energy field, what you can add to it you're more than welcome to reach out to me if I can be of any help. And just keep moving on this path. Do not allow 
any sort of upset, negative emotion, negative uh, thought forms, anything to stand in the way of this practice. Uh, one of my uh, students said to me that she wakes up sometimes depressed with a heaviness. So she explained to me she wakes up and says, oh no, another day to face. You may still have such wanderings of the mind and of the emotions, but what happens is you very quickly move out of that as you move into your practice and the practice becomes the antidote for those negative feelings and emotions and then those negative feelings and emotions eventually don't even come up so one of the practices i'd like to recommend is that as an adjunct to your prayers, your meditation, your yoga asanas, your chanting, whatever it is you're doing in the morning in your practice. Maybe you're writing in a journal as well and you're reading spiritual texts. I'd like to recommend that when you go to sleep at the end of the day, at the close of the day, you write a gratitude list. This is one of the things I suggested for that student because she was really battling with feeling very low. And I asked her if there was anything in her life she was grateful for. And she named a, a, a few things. And I asked her to write those down and to do it at the end of the day I suppose you could do it in the beginning of the day too, but at the end of the day is a way to wind down the energies and see how full your day was. Often we get through the day and we might be disappointed that we didn't get enough done. I've heard this many times. I've also been a victim of saying that. But knowing that the day was perfect and complete and then closing out your day in a space of gratitude and understanding how full your day really was. When we come from a place of fullness, we are given more because the universe mirrors back to us whatever space we're in. So if we're in a space of lack of feeling low, of looking at the glass half empty, then we will attract also glasses half empty. Rather, why not be in a space of the glass half full? How about the glass completely full? How about your heart brimming over with such love and such compassion and such fullness and such happiness that you 
feel you cannot even contain all this energy, all this great energy, where to put it. It's so big that it fills the being and wants to overflow. So that kind of feeling comes from doing the practice every day, doing it more, doing it three times a day, if you like, working with these techniques that are just magical, and also being in the company of other spiritual seekers. This is something that's very important because being in the company supports your journey. It supports you moving forward. It supports you exploring these wonderful topics that are sometimes not valued in society. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're a little bit uh, looked down on or laughed at or made fun of. It depends what company you're keeping. (laughs) But I've had many students come and say, it's such a relief to be in class and be able to talk about spiritual topics. Know that if you are interested in the exploration of the spirit, the soul's journey, why we are here, what we have come to learn, how we can best utilize our own energies, who we really are, where we are going from here, what we are supposed to learn from this experience. Know that if you're interested in these topics, you are not strange, you are not There's nothing wrong with you. You are a seeker. And ultimately, each of us is a seeker. We are either consciously seeking or unconsciously seeking. So many people wake up late in life and start thinking, what was the meaning of being here? and start questioning all the things they've amassed and what really matters, and they start looking at deeper questions. But if you are a spiritual seeker and you have already started looking at these questions, then you are, in some sense, and I hesitate to use this word, but I'm going to say advanced on the path. What I mean by that is you've already moved into those those deeper questions and that journey of exploration. You need not have you you need not wait to be confronted with these issues. You are already thinking about them as you move through your life's experience. So be in the company of other practitioners and this will support your growth, and it will support your spiritual practice and ultimately your movement as a soul as you journey 
through this life and into the next experience. So the topic today was, we started out talking about overwhelm. And to combat overwhelm, to, I suggested that you slow everything down. And you do this by turning within to your spiritual path and to your spiritual practice called sadhana. Remember, this material world outside asks a lot of you. It is ready to pull your energy at any time. It is ready to distract you from your path, whatever that is you have come here to do. Your spiritual practice will help you become aware of your unique and divine path, your purpose, your destiny here. You may think you're here to work, raise a family, buy a house, buy a car, buy some groceries, buy some clothing. However, at some point, each of us will understand we're here for deeper reasons. And this is not to make anything sound overly serious. We are also here on this earth to enjoy the beauty of the earth and the experience of consciously creating with the divine in these human bodies. So reconnecting with spirit, with our power as spiritual beings to co-create with the divine. Move out of overwhelm. Do not even let that idea, that concept be something that you entertain anymore. There is no reason for overwhelm if you are doing your spiritual practice because the practice will give you the energy to handle all the things you think are too much for you and even more. You will have the ability, you will gain the ability to um, uh, stretch time. I was going to say shape time, but I meant stretch it. You will in the, you will gain the ability to do so much more during the day than you thought you could do. And it's because of this energy that you are churning up, you are tapping into, you are accessing, you are cultivating in your practice. And this is why yogis, great yogis and saints and swamis have a reservoir of energy that is really quite remarkable. I'll leave you in a moment and end this podcast, but I was thinking of my guru in India who lived into his 80s and he taught all day long, every day, even late in life. 
So it was very remarkable to be in his presence because we used to say he had more energy than we had and a lot of us were were uh, quite a bit younger than Guruji. But we would watch him talk and teach and chant and, and um, give discourses all day long on different topics and just stop for a little bite to eat at lunchtime and then come back and teach all afternoon. He would have a little um, break uh, for some tea or a little snack around four o'clock usually. And then um, teach again into the night. And in the night actually, um, it was a time of gathering for devotional song. There was some teaching, but a lot of devotional song, and that's how the evenings ended. So incredible energy that was really remarkable to see. And I have witnessed this in many teachers in India who were advanced on the path. Remarkable energy. If any of you have seen Amachi, the hugging saint uh, from Kerala, you know what I'm saying, to watch her hug thousands of people in the course of, of a weekend with a very brief break was, uh, has been a very remarkable experience. All the energy she's giving out through through the blessings of, of people and uh, watching the energy level. But all, all of it is done in devotional service to the divine, and this is why the energy can sustain so long. When everything is offered to the divine, you gain great amounts of energy. I hope this has been helpful. I know we touched upon an array of topics and I started out just simply wanting to talk about overwhelm and slowing things down. Please remember to reach out and be in touch and to enjoy your practice. No matter where you are in your practice, enjoy it. There will be room for growth for all of us, there is room for expansion and growth in these practices. And every day we keep at it, we add to the practices, we touch great depths of feeling, and we rededicate ourselves to this mission, to this way of being, which is the path of the spiritual seeker. Om Asatoma Sadkamaiha Tamasoma Chotirkamaiha Mrityorma Hamritangamaiha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Om Sairam Jai Guruji 
ओम अमृतेश्वरी नमः हरे कृष्णा ओम नमः शिवाय